This is Uninvited Company, the podcast where we tell you ghost stories, urban legends, and all the spooky shit. Today, Rachel's going to be kicking us off with our second ghost story, is what you'd consider it? Since our first one was ghost stories? Yes. I would say. Um, Uh, Yeah, so this is... Yes, this is my first solo um, ghost story that I will be telling. And also, just a beforehand warning, I have no idea what she's talking about today. No, this is a surprise. I have not looked at the Google Docs at all, so. Nope, she has no idea. So, this is going to be nice and fresh, fresh yeah. reactions. Um, I actually did not know this entire story until I started digging into it. I. Yeah, I didn't even know this existed, this ghost story existed, but I think you're going to find it pretty fascinating. I think so. Especially if you are, you know, a fan of literary, you know, famous literary authors, such as a Mark Twain. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a pretty famous guy. Fun fact, just to start off. I love fun facts. Mark Twain was his alias that he went by, obviously, because... There were many authors that, you know, went went by a fun little pen name. His actual name is Samuel Clemens. Oh, that's not as fun. No. So we're going to call him Mark or Twain or okay. Mark Twain. But just a little fun fact, that's his name. So Mark was born in Florida. Uh, no. Really? He, no. I take that back. He was <laughs> he was technically <laughs> born in Florida. He was born in Florida, Missouri. So <laughs> technically, I, like, I didn't know he lived on the coast. He was born in Florida, Missouri, in 1835. So we are taking it back. Take it back now, y'all. Yes. Um, so Mark Twain. He. We're just gonna start whenever he actually moved to this house. So I don't know if you know this. The Mark Twain house is actually a museum now, the one that he lived in in Hartford, Connecticut. I have actually been there. I went there in 2018. When and you I, went to Salem? When I did that, when I yeah went around New England doing a bunch of stuff, looking at a bunch of cool shit, I did stop by uh, and we, we didn't do the tour. We just went, I took a, some pictures of the outside of the house. It's prohibited to take pictures of the interior of the house so we actually went into the museum but we didn't pay for any guided tours or anything like that I didn't even know at the time that it was haunted so I had no idea the history about it I probably would have been down to do a tour so he moved to this house with his wife and three daughters in 1874 this is a house that he actually had commissioned like he they were the first people to move into the house he had an architect design it and everything he actually built it himself he mm-hmm. obviously had help and such but he actually had a hand in building the house so there was no fancy schmancy there was no previous energy you know from the house it was brand spanking new uh, they also had live-in help so it was just him his family and a live-in butler his name was george griffin and so he actually lived there with the family. All right, George. Uh, it was an 11, it is an 11,000 square foot home. Oh my gosh. 25 rooms wow. with very striking Gothic architecture. It's a Gothic mansion, essentially. I love that for him. It's beautiful. I have pictures I will show you after that I actually took there. 
um, of the outside. There's a conservatory with a bunch of greenery and stuff like that. There's a library. Is that one of the pictures we're going to post? Yes. Yes. So. She's a photographer, y'all. So these pictures are legit. We are going to try our best every episode when we post pictures regarding the stories. I'm going to do my best to have them all be original photos that I have actually taken either of the place itself or just something, some type of creepy photo that goes along with the story. But these photos I actually took myself four years ago. Almost exactly four years ago. It was summer. Wow. A summer day, 2018. So it was the six of them, if I'm doing my math correctly, the six of them live there. There are still how many children three three daughters. And then the butler and then mm-hmm. the okay, so yes. yeah, six. He and his wife. I'm just gonna dive right in into one of the first ghosts that is seen there and why, because it explains it, because like I said before, no previous history for the house, so there really wouldn't make any sense for it to be haunted or anything to happen unless, you know, a tragedy occurred. <clears throat> Spoiler alert, tragedy occurred. His daughter, his oldest daughter, actually died in the home. They actually lived in the home for 17 years. And when his oldest daughter, Susie, died, they they never ended up returning to the home because they thought it was going to be too heartbreaking. So oh. that, that was the end of that. Um, what a waste. Yeah. To build that um, and it, so when they, they ended up immediately putting it up for sale it got turned into a boarding school in a library before it eventually got turned into the museum and the historical monument, essentially, that it is today. And it's a nonprofit organization. Everything through the museum and tours and stuff like that goes straight into the upkeep of the property, which is really cool because that's a piece of history that people need to see. And I saw it, and you should go see it, and it's really nice. Right. So his daughter, Susie, was... Sadly, only 24 years old when oh, she did died. I ask how old she was? You are 24. No, you're about to be 24. Oh, man. Yeah, she was a youngin'. Um, she died in 1896, and she died from spinal meningitis. What? Wait. Go ahead, ask what it is. What, what is spinal meningitis? I'm going to tell you. It is. That doesn't sound fun. It's not. It is according to... Google, it is an infection of the fluid and membranes around the brain and spinal cord. Basically, once an infection starts, it spreads very rapidly, and without treatment, you're dead within 24 hours. Oh, no. So think about this. This is 1896. They, before they even knew what was going on, she, she, her fate was pretty much sealed. I don't oh. know. I didn't do a whole bunch of research into spinal meningitis. I'm assuming in today's world, 2022, you would realize what's going on and you would get treatment. But back then, she, yeah, she didn't really stand a chance. So she, yeah, she died um, in the house. And she died, I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't reported that she died in a white nightgown, but that's what people see. So I'm assuming... Well, that seems correct for the time period. Yes. Of what they'd be wearing. Yes. So that takes us to the first ghost. The first... Susie is still... White nightgown lady? Yes. The lady in white, as she is referred to, which I feel like there are many different haunted places where there is a lady in white or a lady in black or something like that. So Susie is 
Susie's still residing at the house, we think. And many, many of the staff at the museum think, believe that it's her. At least she wasn't, like, murdered or something. No, like, no. So and, worse. and I will say, through this whole, this whole house, nothing seems to be menacing. It just seems to be family that's, that's kind of hanging around, which is very sad, but it's also kind of comforting that there's nothing else that has taken over yeah. this, this beautiful home um, with yeah. all these beautiful 17 years worth of memories. Um, also, his... Uh, Mark Twain, t- uh, many of his classics were actually written in this house, such as oh. the the Adventures of uh, Tom Sawyer, the Adventures of Huckleberry oh, Finn. That's a good one. Some classics were born in this in this house. So yes, it's very important, very important home. She has seen. The, um, well, I'm gonna say she because we we believe it's Susie. Everyone believes it's Susie, but she there are, there's been multiple sightings of a woman. In a Victorian-looking white nightgown with period-style hairstyle as well. They say that she just looks very Victorian. And she kind of just roams. She kind of just roams the halls or you'll see her going up and down the stairs. She doesn't... She's never... There's not reports of her talking to anybody, saying mm. anything. She it's just... like she's almost just confused. Maybe. Especially stuck. if you get... Like, if you die that quickly. Maybe that's, so. That's a common thing that people see in ghost shows and stuff. They're always confused. I remember one episode of a ghost show I watched was about River Phoenix. And mm-hmm. his EVP specifically like seemed as if he was confused about the situation and not knowing what happened yeah. to him. So what if that's what's going on with her? That That's an interesting thing to think about in the afterlife. Because we obviously don't know what happens until you're at that point. You know, if you do die abruptly, do you have no recollection? Like, kind of like there... the Sixth Sense. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you've never seen the Sixth Sense, possibly he I, doesn't know he's dead. Yeah, you might. You may have. You may have no memory because I don't know. To me, that seems stuck. If you're yeah. if you're kind of just hanging out in the same place, and especially because she doesn't try and say anything to anybody, that's almost. It's almost sad, but it's almost you'd prefer it that way because you don't really want a woman. You don't want a woman, a lady in white, just coming up and chatting it up. (laughs) Like, why? Why am I here? Why are you here again? So we think Susie's wandering the halls, and um, she she's not seen in one particular area of the house. She pretty much wanders through the entire house, and people note that she is pretty much transparent. They. They say they can see through her, which sounds very cliche ghost, but yeah. I've I've never personally seen a ghost like that, so I can't even imagine. I mean, it sounds super spooky. And then she just, essentially, if you spot her, she disappears. She kind of just, uh, poof, just, she said bye. I wonder if she even knows people are seeing her. Yeah, it doesn't seem so, um, according yeah. to these accounts. So, hmm. The lady in white. Curious. Very curious. Yes. So there is a, there is a woman who this, there was an interview that she gave in 2021 and she actually works at the museum. She gives tours and such like that. And she's had quite a few experiences on her own, on the tours and stuff. So one particular instance, she was giving a tour to a group of about 16 people when she said it sounded like a 
tree literally fell on the house. Oh. Like crashed through the house or something, like hit the house. Everyone in the group heard it. Uh, They're all kind of just stunned trying to figure out what just happened to the house. She actually went to the next room and like asked the tour guide in the next room, like, did you hear that? What's going on? Kind of freaking out. Not another soul heard it. It was just her and her group in that particular room that heard it. And okay. So while I was watching, it was actually a YouTube video that I could watch this interview. So I was watching, you know, how she was reacting and everything when she was recounting these stories. And she didn't say it in the interview, but when she's talking about this particular story, you actually hear a super loud bang in the background. She didn't, yes, she didn't even, she didn't even try and explain it or she didn't try and say, oh, like we have workers in the back or that's whatever. She, it happened once and she tried to ignore it. And then it happened again while she's telling just this one story about this sound, this loud thump. And, uh, and it happened again, and she just turned around, looked over her shoulder, looked back at the person who was interviewing, and just smiled, and then continued telling her story. Ew. Almost like, almost like she wanted to say, "Well, yep, there it is." But she was, yeah. So she didn't say a word about it. But just in this video, I'm like, "Are we ignoring this loud? Oh my gosh! Thing in the background that wants to be known." Wow. So. That's, I mean, that's just a noise. Skeptics will say noises can be explained away. There could have been something going on outside. Who knows? Now, being touched and grabbed and tugged on is something different. I don't know how you explain something like that away. So in a different tour group, there was, so she said it was actually a tour group mostly made of women. And they all started feeling tugging like on their pants um their bracelets in particular almost like a child is trying to get your attention Susie was the only one that actually died in the home and like I said earlier she was 24 did anyone live in the home after they left or was it no it was transformed into a boarding school (gasps) and um, it was a boarding school and library and then it eventually got taken over as the museum so so it was almost it was just this family oh so i don't know so the child could be like someone from the boarding school i don't know it even though po- they didn't die there possibly i hadn't thought of that um my mind went to Susie reverting to like a younger her younger childhood self or something potentially being confused i don't know i might be i might be reaching but essentially that's what you think of whenever you feel tugging or something on your pants it's like you you think of a child wanting your attention three of the women actually had their bracelets come completely off oh a thief and then it never happened again that particular instance bracelets actually come she said it happened three separate times in that tour group and then never happened again also the whole ghostly encounters type of thing wasn't super well known at this house people were kind of trying to keep it hush hush whenever things first started happening in the 60s and 70s because it was taboo to talk about ghosts and stuff like that back then people weren't as forthcoming with Mm. stories so when things when when um staff started talking about their their occurrences and people in the tour group started kind of making it known that things were happening in the house it caught the attention of investigators such as 
Ghost Hunters, which is a very, very popular show. They actually came, uh, stayed the night, did EVPs, all that kind of stuff. And they ended up recording the sound, the exact sound that that tour guide heard that day. Oh, the um, tree falling? mm -hmm. Yeah, they ended up hearing, they got, they recorded it, the exact same sound. So that's significant in some sort of way. Yep. Don't know what it means. Glad I wasn't there to uh, hear it, but it happened. If like the tree fell and killed someone. Or it's like a memory of one of the ghosts that haunts it. I don't know. A tree falling. That's got to be significant in some way. I I have no idea how to interpret that because I can't I don't I don't know there wasn't any any accounts of anything like that. Well, hooey. Yeah, it's just a loud sound. Maybe you're just it's a really loud bang on a wall. Somebody just wants you to know they're there. Like you're giving this tour tour of this home, and she's like, "Hey, <laughs> this this is my home. Like I'm here." Do you, or what if she's standing right there, and no one can see her, Aww. and you like. You bang on the door really loud because you want to be... Yeah. Who knows? Mm. So much of the afterlife, we we just don't know. We can nope. speculate. But that's what I would do I, if I were in the home I, and I wanted to be heard or something like that. I'd probably make a really loud bang because I'd want to be known. I wouldn't want to be forgotten. Huh. Uh, so this... This exact same tour guide. These are all the, uh, the same... The stories from this one woman... She said she was walking down one of the hallways one night because, you know, some of the rooms have been converted into offices, obviously, because it's a museum now. And she said she was walking down one of the hallways one night toward her office or another office. I'm not really sure. And so it's one of those things that if you're walking down and you almost see something out of the corner of your eye and you kind of back up and you do a double take, mm-hmm. like you you think that you see somebody standing there. Yeah. She said she was walking down and she saw somebody standing in the corner of Ugh. of the room that she had just passed. And she backed it up, like, thinking it was the actual security guard trying to mess with her. Because this is at night. She, so she saw an actual person. Uh, she went into the, she went into the actual office that she thought she saw someone standing in the corner. Just, just chilling in the corner. And there was no one there. Not a coat rack or anything like that. And this is, again, this is the same YouTube video that I was um, watching this interview with her. Uh-huh. And so it's showing the woman who actually works in that office now. And there, it like the camera points to the corner and you just see a handprint <gasps> on the wall. Ew, 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 in the corner. Ew, uh, may, no. may have no relevance, may have lots of relevance, but there's a straight handprint in the corner. I can show you after. That's... That's super freaky to me, though. That sounds like horror movie stuff. Whenever you're walking down a hall and you see something in the room and then you just see it pan back and you, like, you step back and there's nothing there. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you, Seth. She did say, though, like, that sounds menacing, something just chilling in the corner. She did say that she has never once felt scared in the house. She said it it just feels like she's among the family. So Well, that's comforting to know for people that, you know, work that are there all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That open and close and you're there at night and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. So once again we think it's it's nothing evil. It's just just the family hanging out at their home that they had built specifically for them when when tragedy struck. This is a a completely different staff member. 
Okay. So those were all one per- one woman who encountered stuff within her tour groups and, and on her own. Those are all her okay. um, her instances that she recounted. A separate staff member said that she was, quote, standing in the drawing room when she saw something odd in the interior window over the fireplace that looks through the entry hall of the house. So... Mm. She basically saw someone walk by the window and which, you know, it's like, okay, well, you're in a tour group. Yeah. There's people all around all the time. Yes. Except for they're very strict here. You are not to wander off by yourself. You are to stick with your tour group. So essentially if you notice somebody's missing, like you can't, you're not allowed to go look in the room, the library while they're in the entry hall. You're supposed to stick also because I think they're trying to preserve history. They don't want people taking stuff because they're still... There are still a lot of rare books in the library in that home. So they're, yes, they're very strict. So she sees somebody walk by the window, thought it potentially could have been another staff member or she was a little little worried that it was a stray from the group. So she is about to go head over to go to that window and see who was potentially there when she sees a woman. She said she saw a woman walk by the doorway next to the fireplace in a vic- a white Victorian nightgown. Oh, so the white the white dress lady. Yes, again. the lady in white. Yes. Oh. So she walks by the doorway and then walks by another door and vanished while she was walking by the doorway. And I just got chills as I said that when I said <laughs> yes, she vanished. Even. So <laughs> I think I feel like I've heard this story so many times where people ask well, are there any actors? Like, there's no Victorian actors reenacting anything today, right? Or something like that. I've heard that on ghost stories. There was no one else there. It was just, mm. it was just the tours that were going on. Everyone was there with their tour guides, and no woman in a Victorian nightgown was to be seen or was scheduled Ugh. to be there. Uh, another staff member saw this exact same woman, the the white Victorian nightgown with the the period style hair yeah. hairstyle they saw her on the, the third floor so like i said earlier this is a 11 11 000 square foot house this is a massive house there's multiple yeah. floors mansion yeah mansion must must be nice so on the third floor the exact same thing happened saw her walk by a door uh, no this was a i'm sorry this was a, a male staff member that oh. actually saw her this time saw her walk by a door and she, he said she literally vanished right in front of him so she's known to just yeah that's what i'm saying is that she kind of she's kind of just wandering and then it's like when she, when somebody sees her she just poof she oh. said oh i've been spotted must go now to loo sad so if you go if you go do a tour and uh-huh. you see some a lady in white just say hey susie <laughs> How are you? Hey, Suze. Just give her a little shout out because we're pretty sure it's Susie just kind of chilling in her home, her childhood home, essentially. She lived there for a long time. What did you say? Spinal meningitis? Spinal meningitis. I wonder if that's painful. I'm sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've An infection around your brain and spinal cord that, that literally kills you within 24 hours. That can't be fun. I wonder if it, like... When things are with the brain, the way you die, I wonder if you get, like, hallucinations. I don't know. Or if she was seeing stuff. I don't know. Or just kind of out of it the last bit. Yeah, I didn't really, I I didn't find any accounts of uh, 
because he he and his wife, Mark Twain and his wife, were actually in Europe when she died. I, I believe so. <gasps> from what I from what I read, they were in Europe, kind of trying to promote a speaking tour that he was going on because financially they weren't in the best place. So they were. He was trying to do a speaking tour to earn money, and they literally never returned to the house. Oh, yeah. That's so sad. They weren't even there for her in her last. No, not from thing. not from what I read. So if if anyone reads or finds out anything differently, you you can correct me. But that is that's what I read. So yeah, just stop on by. If I had known all this, I absolutely would have said, "Hey, Susie, <laughs> I know you're here, girl. Like, I'm sorry what happened to you, but I I believe you're here. I would uh-huh. I would I would validate her existence essentially." Maybe yeah. that, maybe that's what some spirits need. They just want to know that you see them and that everything's okay. Yeah. So that those are the accounts of the lady in white. I'm sure there's a lot more that people just have kept to themselves and they've only told to their family and friends and such like that. But as far as that's what's been reported, those are it's mainly the staff that um that has talked about that. Well, if you're around it enough and you keep seeing the same thing, yeah. And they also might be comfortable around you enough to that they start appearing for you because they, yeah, they start recognizing you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, Just, just to pop this in real quick. There was another uh, figure that has been seen. Oh no. Um, So like I said earlier, George was the butler. He was the, he was the live-in butler. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was an African-American man. He was actually a freed slave. So okay. he was he was there. You know, they were all essentially family. Uh, so he lived there and everything, and he was he was completely free. But he people on tours just just imagine this. Really imagine this. You're on a tour at this place, and you're looking at your tour guide. You're all just standing in a group, and you're looking at your tour guide. And you all of a sudden see a man standing behind your tour guide. Oh. Facing you. Uh, oh, dear. What, whether it's Friendly George or not, that's... Just un- someone just standing behind. Yes. That is unnerving. When there shouldn't... Oh. Yes. And he... So he has been seen standing behind tour, tour guides uh, while on a tour on the third floor. So lots of happenings on the third floor. Wow. Yes. That's... Yeah, that's that's kind of the only time that George or that, that particular figure that we're gonna just say that it's George because I would like to think it's George just still hanging out at the house keeping Susie company. That's Susie and George. Those are the the accounts of potentially seeing those two. Mark Twain himself has never actually been seen in the home, but this is a really healthy fun fact for you. Back in the day, he would smoke. It, it's been reported that he smoked 20 to 40 cigars per day. Per day? Per day. Oh my gosh. If you have ever been around somebody who smokes cigars or smokes cigars yourself, I, I mean, I can't, you're essentially puffing on that, puffing on a cigar from the time that you wake up to the time that you go to sleep. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. So he, the apparition of Mark Twain has never been seen. He, you know, voices of him, nothing like that has ever been recorded. But in the billiard room, which if you don't know what a billiard room is, it's a, it's where there's a pool table. Yeah. 
we grew up with a pool table, so we know what that means. But just for all of you who may, who may not know, the billiard room was on the top floor, which the third floor, which was the most haunted. Yeah. And people, many, many people have reported smelling cigar smoke in that particular, oh. in that particular room. The hotel staff has actually, or not the hotel staff, the museum staff has actually reported smelling cigar smoke throughout different parts of the home, but it's been very heavy in the billiard room where he probably resided most of the time. Yes. And, and smoked most of his cigars. Ooh. The fire alarm in there will actually go off <gasps> for, ab- yes, for absolutely no reason. The firefighters have actually had to show up to the home because of the fire alarm going off and they've had no explanation for for why it's going off or what's going on there was nothing not a not a damn thing that technology could it be just faulty batteries probably not but yeah no because usually you can get it to turn off when you get the smoke out of the room but if there's no smoke yeah there's no smoke there was absolutely no smoke but the the smoke alarm is going off (laughs) there's this one, I don't know why I think this is so funny because just the way I'm imagining it and the imagine the way when I when I read this when it said security guard in the basement, I'm picturing security. You know Hank from the Office. Hank. Yes. Hank. Wh- which one is Hank? The again? security guard, the main security guard oh, in the lobby the that the doesn't lobby. do anything. <laughs> I just imagine Hank for some reason seeing this and being like. Nope, I'm I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna go home. I'm clocking out early. The security guard in the basement saw a tray just fly across the room. Okay. That's it. Just just the tray flew across the room. Somebody had a little temper tantrum. <laughs> I just I don't know why I picture him just looking at it and being like, no, this is, I'm not getting paid enough for this and just <laughs> leaving. So that's that's the only account that I've seen in the basement a few other things people have supposedly heard children laughing which is always fun to hear faces being seen in the windows in the windows yes uh from from outside from outside okay so those yeah those are just um the main occurrences that i came across there is actually a book that uh an author his name is steve courtney he wrote a book about the hauntings in the house and different accounts, you know, more detailed accounts of what's it called? It is called, we shall have, we shall have them with us always. The ghosts of the Mark Twain house. That sounds lovely. It actually does. Yeah. It is. It's very comforting. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to me, that sounds like he's respecting them because they seem to be pretty respectful ghosts Mm -hmm. compared to these scenarios that you could be. Exactly. Yeah. Just we shall have them with us always. It just sounds like a family wanting to just sounds like a poem. Stay. Yeah, it's very fitting. It's a it's a short read. I believe it's only eighty six pages. So oh. if you're interested in reading some accounts, some personal accounts and such, then go check that out. You can actually you can find it online. You can get it at the museum store online. Steve, the author, actually spent a night in the house himself. To see if he could have it. I mean, if I'm writing a book about a haunted place, I'm going to want to stay there and see if I have any personal um, occurrences. He spent the night in the house. He didn't see or hear a damn thing while he was there, which is super disappointing. That is. 
you, I would be really upset if, if something didn't make itself known to me after all these people have told me stories. But I mean, at least he tried for, for his work and everything. Yeah. Uh, Pay for effort, Steve. Absolutely. That's his name, Steve? Steve. Yes. Mr. Steve Courtney. He, he said he even walked around in the middle of the night and just, I mean. Props to him. But again, Mm -hmm. again, 11,000 square foot house. So he could have been wandering in one area of the house and Susie could have been strolling through another area. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that is possible. He said it was delightful though, walking barefoot throughout the Mark Twain house. Like it was. weirdo. (laughs) It was. Cut that out. You cannot call him a weirdo. Yeah, I can. Why would you walk through someone ex- else's home barefoot? Just, I don't know. So that's it. That's all the stuff that happened in the house. Yes, that that is everything that I found that actually happened within the house. Mark Twain, after you know his his daughter died and they they didn't return and everything, he actually said about the house. Like he actually quoted about the house. To us, our house had a heart and a soul and eyes to see us with and approvals and solicitudes, solicitudes, solicitudes. I should have looked that Girl, up. Girl, I don't know. I should have looked that <laughs> Poetry. <laughs> and deep sympathies. It was of us and we were of its confidence and lived in its grace and in the peace of its benediction. So to me, that sounds very much like the house was a part of him. He, it was very. I love my house. Yeah. Yes. That's what he meant. (laughs) Quote unquote, Mark Twain. Mark Twain. I love love my house. (laughs) Built it myself. (laughs) Designed it myself. I made this. I made it all on my own. So he. Yeah, he, he very much cared for the house, which absolutely makes sense for why they did not return. Because if their daughter was a, a part of it now, I mean, yeah, that's... Yeah, I feel like a sign of disrespect. Well, it I think it would be very difficult. If you step foot back in that house, it would be very difficult to ever leave. So, I don't know. I don't yeah. know why they chose not to not to just stay. But they he said that it was too painful. So, that is the story of the Mark Twain house in Hartford, Connecticut. Which you can go do normal tours if you're not into the spooky stuff. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably into the spooky stuff and you want yourself a good ghost tour. So, in October, I believe it's October only to kind of enhance the spookiness of it. They do tours. They do, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a, it's a haunted uh, haunted ghost tours that they do between 6 and 9 at night. Huh. Uh, it is guided. You're not allowed to go looking through the house on your own, but they talk about some of these instances, their personal experiences, and all that stuff. If you want to go get yourself a spooky dose of Mark Twain. That was all very lighthearted, I feel, yeah. because it's all very much family. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just briefly, if you clicked on this episode thinking that it was the other Mark Twain house called, nicknamed the House of Death. Oh shit! That was not that house. <laughs> that yeah, I was I was sitting here waiting. I said, "Okay, now Rachel, <laughs> give me the give me the tea. I want the spooky tea because Lady in White don't scare me." No. Uh, so the House of Death is the house that he actually lived in in New York. 
oh. which which is in Greenwich Village. Village. <clears throat> Green. It's not Greenwich. It's Greenwich. Greenwich Village. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Greenwich um, Village. Greenwich Village. <laughs> he lived there between a little over a year between uh, 1900 and 1901. I, I believe he lived there. On his own? I did not read any accounts of his family being with him. I'm assuming they were with him. That's weird. I'm assuming they were with him. I just, uh, it wasn't really mentioned where where I was reading from. So he lived in this house. So just thinking back on um, the actual house that he lived in, that he had built. So that was 1874 and they lived there for 17 years. So this is just shortly after his daughter died. Okay. Uh, in 1896. And they went, I told you they went to Europe and did try to do, you know, a whole speaking tour and stuff like that because finances weren't, weren't so hot. I mean, if you commission an 11,000 square foot house, you're probably not going to be yeah, rolling in dough at that time. So he lived here for a little over a year. I also want to know, which I don't know why I didn't mention this earlier, but Mark Twain absolutely did not believe in ghosts. Really? He found the paranormal fascinating. He, he like, as a child, he loved hearing ghost stories and retelling them, but he did not believe in ghosts. He did not believe in the paranormal. He was one of those that thought there was an explanation for absolutely everything. He just refused it. Ugh, what a bummer. Even when, in this house... That he lived in this, um, it's essentially a, a brownstone. That's what it's described as. Okay. I guess that's different than a house. Um, he actually saw a piece of wood kindling. So I'm just picturing like a little wooden log hovering in the air. What? He's just chilling. Maybe he's about to make himself a fire. Maybe he's writing one of his classics and he just sees a floating. Yeah. He, it's just floating. He, what the heck? He, he grabs his gun and shoots at it. What a dum-dum. <laughs> what? He, he shoots at it because he doesn't believe in ghosts. So he's like, oh, there's something there like, messing his with me. first instinct is not to put out the fire. No, there's no fire. Oh. It's just... Picturing... No, no, no. He's picturing a floating picturing fire. Like, like in Spongebob when you always think about how... The fires, how do they work underwater when they oh. shouldn't? Huh. In SpongeBob SquarePants, yeah. they'll, like, make fires. So I just picture, like, a fire floating nope. in the sky that's, like... No, no, there was no fire. Lit. Okay. No fire. Okay. Let's take it down a notch. There was no fire. Okay. Just a piece, just a piece of wood kindling. That's what he recounted. A piece of wood floating. kindling okay. floating okay. in the air. I don't know if it was floating seven feet in the air. I don't know if it was floating six inches off the floor. But it was floating. He takes his gun. He shoots at it. It falls to the floor, along with a few drops of blood. What? <laughs> Did he accidentally shoot, like, his pet or something? No, there were no... He didn't have any pets in this house. He... Blood came out of the wood? So, he said there were a few... My eyes are watering. <laughs> there That's were a few, really a few drops of blood uh, surrounding it when it landed on the floor. Ew. He, not believing in the paranormal... Said that it must have been a rat. There, well, the, a rat making this wood flown in the air. He said it must have been a rat. There was no rat found. 
that we know of. Uh, he said he never found a rat, but it must have been a rat because it's New York and at the time. Well, yeah, New York is At the time, disgusting. rats outnumbered people two to one. I believe. I have no idea what the statistics I'm are on. I'm so glad I don't live in that time yeah, no. period. No, thank you. So, that was really nice, wasn't it? No, thank you. That sounds better. You're the musically trained one. I'll let you do that. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. so that's... Let's just take away from the fact that it probably wasn't a rat, y'all. I don't, I don't think rats have the capability of doing that. So, how does... How does blood come from nothing? What? How do you sh- how do you shoot at something and see? I don't know if he shot at the wood or if he shot at whatever was around the wood, but just drops of blood fell. So in the wood, yeah, that doesn't make yeah. any sense. Just creepy. It's just creepy all around. That's not okay. Blood appearing from as if from nowhere. That was his only thing that he actually. That was his only story that he had. I'm sure more went down in that house that he just being a skeptic himself either didn't write down or just didn't tell didn't tell a soul went to the grave um, with with his stories i'm sure so after him the i mean he only lived there for a year but there was no other stories that i found in the few decades following that the building itself was actually converted in 1937 into multiple apartments so first floor second floor all that yeah. kind of stuff so in, rather than it being in one house so shortly after it was converted, a mother and a daughter who lived in one of the apartments said that they were coming down the stairs and saw, or they were coming into a room <clears throat> and saw a man with white, wild hair sitting at one of the window seats. Oh. If you have absolutely no idea what Mark Twain looks like. Do Didn't you, he have a crazy hair? Do yourself a favor and go Google Mark Twain because he has like this crazy thick bushy mustache and wild hair that kind of not Einstein kind of wild but it was but it was not like gelled back like no it was kind of unkempt with unkempt and unkempt unkept (laughs) (laughs) um you know he was a he was a, a writer I mean he didn't he didn't have to worry about his hair so they said they saw this man sitting at one of the window seats he looked at them came over to them and said, my name is Clemens, and I have a problem here. I gotta settle. Okay. Remember, so, his name is Samuel Clemens. Yeah, so obviously it's And then he disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> he disappeared. So do do with that what you will. That's just... That's so he's, he's in the afterlife right now, just figuring out his pickle. Uh, he's maybe, I mean, he was financially struggling, so maybe he was stuck in this one place. I don't know. I've never had a ghost speak That's a, so a full. Funny. I've never had a ghost speak a full sentence to me, so I don't know how I would uh, how I would handle that. But that uh, that was reported in 1937. 1957, a writer and a psychic named Jan Bryant Bart- Bartell and her daughter moved into the top floor apartment. Immediately after moving in, she said a, quote, monstrous moving shadow, quote, would follow her around the house. Oh, mm-mm. Mm-mm. My nope. heart just got chills as oh I said gosh. that. As I said that out loud. That's, she, ooh, that's spooky. A monstrous, like, I can't even, I would, 
I would always have my back to a wall. There's no way I could just, I could walk throughout a house just knowing that that thing's behind me, whatever it was. Hmm. Uh, she also one time saw the figure of a man, so separate entity. She saw the figure of a man standing in the hallway and she said she actually reached out. So this is a psychic, you know, she said she was a psychic. She actually oh, yeah, reached yeah, yeah. out at the figure to see if she could feel it or feel anything connected, you know, with Props to her. I know, I know. Um, she said she or she described it as a substance without substance. And her hands, like her fingers, immediately felt numb and frozen, and it just the, the figure felt chilly and damp. Mm. No, Thank you, ma'am. I mm, That's the last thing I'm going to do is try and stick my hand through a figure. I don't know. I don't even know what the first thing I would do if I saw a figure that close to me to where I could just stick my hand out and go. I don't know. I'd probably freeze. I don't just wait for it to go away. <laughs> it's one of those things you want to blink and look away and then you look back and hope. Yeah. Hope it's gone. She also said that. They would smell rotting food at different times, which if you know what the smell of rotten things, sulfur, that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, that's Like you not... open your fridge and there's something funky inside. Yeah, but I'm saying the smell of rotten things is not a happy-go-lucky ghost. It's the sign of something dark. Oh, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like this... Yeah. Yeah. Sulfur, Oof. all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's just no... It's... It's not a good sign. Get out of there, sis. Uh, they also, not only would they smell rotten food, but they would actually see rotten food appear on their table. Food that they had never purchased. What? <gasps> Gasp. Gasp. Their animals would also become aggressive for absolutely no reason. Throwback to episode one, talking about our dogs. Yeah. Just barking, just growling menacingly down a hallway for absolutely no reason. So then that makes me think that there was something bad coming through. Uh, maybe. Just for, just momentarily. We never rotten food, though. No. No. Uh, she actually ended up writing a book about living, living in a, quote, possessed house. Wait, uh, what's her name? Jan Bryant Bartell. Okay. Um, so... Essentially, just the house itself, people equivalent it to just being dark and just one big horrible entity of just just nonsense. Yikes. She actually, before she ended up writing her book, she brought in a paranormal expert because she wanted, you know, she wanted to have information for the book and she wanted to know what was going on. So she brought in a paranormal expert who reported that there were at least 22 spirits in the building. That's such a specific number. At least 22. Yeah. I don't even want to picture the the array, the vast array of spirits hanging out in this one building. Why are they all drawn to there? It just, I don't know. I don't, I couldn't find anything that happened before, like no deaths or anything like that in that area. Like it's fires? No, or... that, not that I could find. It's like the, the first few things that started being reported were in the 30s. After it had already been converted into the multi, you know, multi-apartment complex. That 
so strange. Yeah, so I don't know. Portal, something sinister just could be dwelling, you know, hanging out there. The whole thing could be a Someone portal. Someone got a Ouija board up in there. Maybe. Y'all, y'all do not play with Ouija boards. I've never touched a Ouija board in my life and I don't plan to. It's not okay. Nope. You don't know what you're inviting in. It could be a monstrous... It's not a fun game. ...man shadow thing. Yeah. Uh, lastly, in 1987, there was actually... A, a call to 911 about um, a mother said that her daughter, Lisa Nussbaum, was not responding. She was she was not responsive. And oh. they showed up to a horror show. Um, <gasps> she was unconscious. She had obviously been beaten. The mother had been beaten. And the son was oh my tied to his playpen. Uh, basically, the father was abusing them all. Oh. Yes. Oh. The, and she did not make it. Lisa Lisa did not make it. They tried to revive her. Um, so she, I, I don't believe she died actually in the house, but they, they said they couldn't revive her. So she very well could have. And she it makes en- me so sad. Yeah. She ended up dying from repeated blunt force trauma to the skull. Did he so, go to jail? So I did not dive. I didn't dive further into that. I'm sure he did. I'm, I'm sure he absolutely Better. did. Um, but, oh, uh, he, they ended up finding crack pipes, $25,000 in cash, um, like all this sketchy, super sketchy shit. So 100% he went to prison. Okay, good. But I was just, yeah, I'm just mentioning the horrible things that just kept happening in this one building, which again, takes me back to thinking that the whole thing is just dark and there's just something, cause my mind go. I know there's horrible people out there. I know that people do absolutely horrible shit to their family and people who they should love and like beings that they they literally brought into the world. But my mind also goes to what if something super dark in there was affecting him? Yeah. Making it worse. Potentially you could take I somebody mean, who's already horrible. Ghost shows that I've seen before where there's literally been um, kind of like a, a possession almost and people get really angry. Yeah. Whenever there's a uh, force around, yeah, they get really angry or they kind of stare off and just mm-hmm. they they it's like they become a different yeah version of themselves. So I don't know. This guy could have just been a piece of shit, but also I don't know. I I let myself go there just thinking about the the history of it. Could something have kind of influenced him further? But yeah, he was he was beating his whole family. So he's just it was just that was the last dark dark thing that I found. Um, which again was in 1987. So that is a little quick summary of the house of death, which I don't know why when you look up Mark Twain house or anything like that, it's one of the, obviously the top two things that come up and he only lived there for a year. So why would he still be residing in a place that he only lived for a year and he was kind of depressed? in this place because he was financially struggling. I don't know. Like, why would he not actually been seen? If he actually said, I'm Clemens and I'm trying to figure (laughs) out my shit, basically. Why would he not be seen in his actual home that he spent all of these time building? Well, that's the thing about purgatory and a part of the afterlife is they're stuck. They don't get a choice sometimes. That sounds absolutely horrible. That's what I would think. Maybe so. But that, um... That right there, folks, 
is the uh, Mark Twain residences, we'll, we'll say. That got from super light to super dark. I know. <laughs> I know. It was a complete 180. So I think next week, next week will be you. We'll be doing another legend. Some type of urgent legend. Yeah. Urgent legend. <laughs> urgent legend. Urban legend. <laughs> Some urban legend from a state that I'm... I We're going to be doing Texas. Oh, Texas. I know it very well. Yeah, me too. The other place <laughs> I resided in more than half of my life so far. Yep. So, do you have any idea what you're... Do you want to share with the people? It's going to be a surprise. Surprise. Yep. All right. Well, if you uh, if you enjoyed learning a little bit about the Mark Twain house and... Samuel Clemens. The go- yes, Sam. Good old Sam. And the ghosties. If, if you like what you've been hearing and you want to hear more, um, you can follow us on Instagram. We have a Twitter now. Twitter. And we're going to have a Facebook page as well, so go check it out. Yep, it's just Uninvited Company Podcast. Super easy to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of our information is also in our bio on Instagram. And um, our bio on Twitter. Yeah. We have a link tree where you link can tree. find stuff. We also set up where you can message us if you have any suggestions of any hey stories. Yeah. Or if you had anything else you wanted to tell us, it's in our little link tree. Or if you have any spooky-ass stories of your own that you want to share, or you have a place where you live that has a well-known um, haunted hotel or haunted some kind of haunted story and you want us to cover it, you can absolutely send that our way. Send us suggestions. Yeah, we will take them and we will cover them for sure if they're spooky enough. Otherwise, just catch us next Monday. Um, 